used to just do when I, when you start to talk about God and his goodness, there's some things that the world and the carnal Christian wouldn't understand. Minister Al, we really just gave him the glory that was due to his name. See, until you get to that place, do you give God all of you? See, we haven't begun to really worship until you're exhausted. Oh, you ain't praised yet. See, we have to learn, I'm getting ahead of myself, how to court God. Holy Spirit, how to have courtship with Holy Spirit. To do that, you have to have endurance and worship. See, you can't get lots of daisy with worship. You can't get cool with worship. You can't style and profile with worship. You do have to get real ugly with worship because a man when he's, or a woman when she's training, when you're training to be fit, you're sweating. It's hours up and see, the dancers, the, the fitness people know what I'm talking about. The people who work out, you know what I'm talking about. It takes endurance. It takes time, sweat and energy. Just say, keep going. I can do this. I can do this. Just go. Come on. Just 10 more. 10 more. See, but your body is saying, no, that's it. I'm weak. I'm tired. But the inner man said, we can do this. See, you're not worried about your clothes or your face. See, when you court Holy Spirit, Again, I'm going to remind you, <laughs> you can't be comfortable. This is going to require all of you. You're going to have, you're going to have to let all down, just like a soldier that enlists in the army. You're going to have to let it all down. This is not with the soft hand clap. See, when you pull and, see, y'all ain't ready. Y'all not ready. You're not ready to worship for real. <laughs> What's that, Pastor? Oh, you see, you don't have to hit the heavy that to do that. You're going to have to be, again, conditioned. You're going to have to spend time. You're going to have to, you're going to have to get ready to invest in time. You can't be yawning, getting all sleepy on the front line. Bullets coming. You got to get your last stretch in. I'm getting kind of sleepy. You're not fit. It's not time to get a snack. You hungry? I mean, what is it when you come to the Lord? That you have so many things that you want to do. 
we're going to talk about we're going to talk about worship but not in the way that you have been worshiping okay that's the problem you may not think I'm with you because you know I'm sitting down the word the word of God told you how to worship him see we we're still doing things our way check out God today see you know what God talking about this is what we do see what he see what he talking about let's see what he's talking about convergent of thoughts convergence of thoughts that's the title See, our focus of discussion, again, will be worship. And worship involves the triune of man, body, soul, and spirit. Hence, all of you. (laughs) See, we want to give them a little of the soul, your feelings. But we don't want to give them the inner man, the spirit of man. And the body definitely don't want to have a part in it. We're going to talk about the thought of convergence. See, God just don't give me, I, can't you just give me a basic topic? It's got to be complex for me to dig in and find out what you're talking about. We're going to talk about what is man. Who are you? Have you really taken the time to find out who, what is humanity? Many intellectuals are still trying to find out who is man. Well, we are a part of, those who are born again, a royal lineage. See, but you don't believe that. That's why you're trying to be famous. You don't believe that. That's why you're trying to seek attention. You don't believe that. That's why you have to wear certain clothes. You don't believe that. That's why you have to drive certain cars. Okay. Because you don't know what lineage you're in. This is why I have to go back to Africa to find out I came from this certain tribe. See, we're searching for acknowledgement or confirmation that I'm somebody important. It's either through your job, the way that you dress, the way that you walk, and it's all falsity. Because if you don't know what lineage you're actually born from, Born again. Okay. We're seeking passive for fame. I'm seeking to get a... See, this is why you're moved by what people say. I'm seeking to please people and not please God. If you knew what lineage you actually came from, 
what my friends or family thought about me would matter because I've come from another lineage. So do you think Prince Charles or anyone else is concerned about anything anyone has to say? No, because he knows what lineage he's come from. They don't know. They don't know. See, I see, I didn't have a problem growing up with what my classmate would say about me. You know why? Because I knew what lineage. I listened to my, I'm talking my earthly father at that time. And I chose to say what part of my life would be and would not be. What wasn't good, I decided that I, wouldn't gonna, I wasn't going to be that. But my father had talked with me at a very young age of what lineage I came from. Let's see. I took a hold of that thing. So when, at that time, you know, very skinny, and they call them, you know, they had these nicknames for you. If you're overweight, underweight, they got all these different identities they want to give you, right? Your problem is that you take it. I didn't. See, so that's why I don't need a lot of motivational, you know, conference and women, you're empowered. Because nothing has or can empower me like the word of God. Because all this woman stuff is fake. You don't love me. We come together, but it's not love. All right, but we do a lot of talk women, ministry, and, and empowering each other, sisters empowering sisters. If it's not backed by the word of God, it's void of love. So I can't love you. Because as soon as you do something I don't like, I don't want to hang with you no more. Also, if it's not backed by God's love, oh, this is not love. I know what lineage I've come from. See, we're a part of, again, a royal lineage. We're offspring of God through and by the Son of God, Jesus Christ. See, and part of our duty would be the duty of a high priest, and that is to serve and minister. See, to serve and to minister. See, God created us in his image, in a, and then a divine purpose he gave us for a divine use. See, you keep trying to use yourself in your own way and for your own use. This is a losing battle. Okay. Trying to find yourself, going here, there, workshop, conferences, you know, I need a word. I need. When did the Son of Man become smaller than these conferences and these motivational speakers and these so-called, you know, famous? Because you guys have identified people as famous, not themselves. Okay. I'm going to work this podium. What is 
or was your expectation of the Holy Word today when you came? See, when you get off that easy street, you know, with God, maybe he'll be able to really use you. See, again, I'm going to go back to God has called you to serve and minister. And this is going to be a sidebar. So if you start a responsibility in the church, why do you just stop? Okay. If you start a responsibility in the church, then you don't even tell nobody. We just figure out it's done because we don't see it done anymore. That was a sidebar. Catch it wherever it falls. What is your or was your expectation of, of the holy word today? When you got dressed today, what was your expectation? What? See, we come with pre determined notion of what we're going to receive and not going to receive of the word. You already come with already heard what you want to hear. So it calls this posture again. Did you know, this is part of communication, is that the way that your body, your nonverbal communication, is that's how you're conversing with me. It means that that is your state of being. I sit up erect, forward. Attention means that I'm engaged. I'm relaxed, meaning that I'm not engaged. It, see, people say that's, that's not true. I tell you what, once a person starts, their shoulders drop. You, you drop your shoulders because you're going to relax. Do you not? Not because you're going to start a race. All right, I'm just letting you know about your body language. And this is why some of you go to sleep during the teaching. Because you have gotten relaxed. This is why I position myself purposely on the edge. Because I come, and listening means this, I come prepared myself already with the intent to gain knowledge and to apply it. Again, what was your expectation of Holy Spirit today? It's something to think about. Because if you don't have any expectation of him, you can't pull and draw from him. Can't be all broad and general. Just to hear what he had to say to me about my life today. <laughs> okay. Okay. After five plus years or so of serving God, do you still find yourself struggling in these areas? And you could add all the other areas, but I, these are the ones that I listed. Do you struggle in having an intimate communion with him? 
with loving his word, obeying the word, taking thoughts into captivity that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Do you still struggle with doing that? Do you still struggle with to know and please God? Do you still struggle with pleasing the Lord? Because if you're pleasing man, you're not pleasing the Lord. This means that you're still struggling. The church seems to have departed from the intimate experience of the supernatural. As a result, they have replaced the experience of God with self-centered, self-exalting promotion. If I can, if self cannot be exalted, the church, the word has no place in me. I need, I need, I need this. I got issues. Do you love the word? See, this, oh, God, it's good. Okay. Mm. When we do this, minister, we're in this self-exalting promotion of self. You know, this reinforce, it does, a lot of our actions are creating other actions. Is that it reinforced the reason for the void that you have in your life concerning God. And this then alienate you from God. I can't feel his presence. I'm praying, I'm going fast. I still don't sense him. Well, because you're doing this self-promotion. You're doing this self-centeredness. You're doing this self-pity. You're doing self and not God. It's way time that we lay aside all these books, conferences, workshops, and get into a quiet place with God where he can speak his plan in your spirit. We're doing a lot of things. We're doing everything besides what God is trying to do in our life. Okay. God's glory is only experienced where his presence is. See, we hit and miss in our conversation when we talk about God. And this does not substantiate that his presence is there just because you're talking about God. We're having these empty conversations about this real great God. We're in passing saying that God is good. And his goodness seems to find no real place in your life. God's glory has to be experienced again in our life. We must worship him 
which simply means hear and obey. To hear, have an ear to really hear what God is saying, not what you want him to say, and then quickly obey. This was why we were created, to worship him. See, it is what he hungers for from us. He has a hunger that we will worship him. See, the worshiping him is just another empty word. We come, we do, but there's not a reality of the communion with God. Because our life should be changing. Our yearning should be changing. Our appetite should be changing because of our intimacy from the glory of God. And he ensured that we would probably have an appetite for him. He gave us a deposit in our spirit, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the, con- he is the conduit that carries this hunger back to the throne of God. See, there's a cry in every believer, the need for your God to manifest himself in your life. To demonstrate his power in your life and to show his glory in your life. Why? Again, because we're God's offspring by the way of his son, Christ Jesus. So you now have God's DNA. See, that's in passing. You're telling me we have now the DNA of the creator of the universe. We have access to Perfection. So stop saying you're not perfect. Because those who are born again, you've been born in perfection. You have his DNA. This is why anything that is against you cannot overtake you. This is why even when you don't have, you do have. This is even when you think wrong, he causes you to think right. You are perfect. And I'll give you a scripture for that because it talks about that in Ecclesiastes. That you were created. Virtuous, perfect. In my image. Uh-uh. See, but I'm getting ahead of myself. He said, but you chose a different route. We'll get there. I'm going to say, I'll go to Colossians 1, verse 27 through 28. New Living Translation. And it so reads. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. 
Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. My Lord. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. Come on. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Good God. There is a mind. See, there is something greater than you that's inside of you. It's, and he describes it as a mighty power. When you think that you can't do whatever it is, he said there is a greater power that's working inside of you. It's not about your feelings. It's not about what you see. It's not about your bank account. It's not about your family. It's not about your friend. It is about the mystery that Christ, he lives inside of you. Oh, see, but this is, this is empty and void. See, if someone wrote you out a, no, won the lotto for a million dollars, we wouldn't sit here like that to say that Christ, the living God, is inside of you. It is a greater power than the lotto. It's a greater power than all men's wisdom. It's a greater power than all fame and glory of the world. It's a greater power. And it says he lives inside of you. It's a greater power than death in the grave. It's a greater power than the love of a husband. Oh, it's a greater power than the mother for her daughter. It's a greater power. It's a greater power than a mother when she gives birth for the first time and she look at her daughter. It's a greater power. It's a greater power. There's nothing in your life that you experience than this mystery, Sammy, that God will come and take a pull, the mystery of all wisdom and insight and intellect would take a boat up inside of you. This is that greater power. That when you're stricken with pain all through your body and you can have peace in the mere middle of all chaos, it's a greater power that works inside of you. When everyone turned their back on you, and you feel alone. That greater power inside of you begin to raise up. And it feels like a whole crowd of a thousand is roaring inside of you. They are more with you than against you. Hey! It's a greater power. We have to take hold of this greater power. To access... This glory, this power, 
is through the entrance of worship. As we worship, I was trying to explain this to Minister Howe. Is that when you really worship God in spirit and in truth, I was trying to explain to him the other day. I said, it's a suppressing down weight, but it's not weight. It's a, it's a heaviness, but not heavy. It's just taken over, but I still have my will, which is the will of the Father. This, this, this glory, this, this worship, this presence of God, when you worship, he inhales your worship. And then he exhales his glory on you. And who can stand before the presence of God? It's his glory that he exhales, minister. And it's so pressing down. See, this is why you're See, it requires that you get low. You have, no, you have no recourse except to get low. Because he exhaled his glory upon you. This can only be experienced when you give him your full attention. And stop seeking your need. See, this is why... We can't see any wonders and miracles anymore because we're not giving him our all. I was walking through the mall the other day, and some of my thoughts I had with Holy Spirit, they're obviously just for me. But at this time, I believe is he wants me to share it. And I was just walking through the mall because he's, he's with you in every conversation of your inner thoughts. And I'm just walking. Matter of fact, it was last night. Taking my grandbaby out. I mean, my husband. And I was just walking past, you know, one of the jury shops, and, and I, you know, we're seeing all the diamonds, and, and God said, it's losing its value. It's losing its value. And what that meant to me, Sammy, see, certain seasons, certain time, the world says something is great. See, certain time and season, the world says something has value. You have value today, but then the world says you don't have value tomorrow. Because people are fickle. See, everything is losing its value. See, now, it used to be all about name, brand, all this and that, and people wearing really genuine, true diamonds. Now, it's a fad to wear the false ones. And your clothes is changing. A lot of things now being accepted, and the world is dictating to you what is of value. And God is saying to me, really, everything that we've been thinking has value. He said, it's losing. And the world is going to see the price of it. 
it's going to all come down because it's losing its value. And what we are, what we should be investing in, in is people. He said, this is the greatest commodity. My Lord. I said, Lord, God. I said, no wonder I don't desire them anymore. See, when you can go without, it doesn't have that. I know Pastor said, thank you. (laughs) He said, she done had many seasons with that. (laughs) I did, Pastor, so you don't have to worry about that. I'm moving on to something else. (laughs) Quoting Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you. I am a receiver. Amen. And you're a giver. We're talking about courting Holy Spirit, right? The more you obey him, the more you show how much you love him. Real simple, right? But very challenging for us. I can say it again. The more you obey him, the more you show how much you love him. The more you're with him, the more your heart and his heart are in tune. The more you are like him, the more he trusts, the more he trusts in you. The more you are like him, the more he will trust. So when you trust, you give. He's going to give something to you to now be a steward over. And it's always going to be about the kingdom. And it could be, see, this is how some of us are missing promotions on our job. Because all promotion comes from God. And he's saying, I can't trust you yet. You heard that? That's the hardest thing for some of us is time. And God is asking for more of your time. (laughs) My Lord, I hope not. This is the process of intimacy. Living sacrifice. We hear that all the time. And I love what Pastor said earlier that cherish is sacrifice. He said, Now, you have to be holy, for I'm holy, and you have to be a living sacrifice. You must cherish me with your life. Cherish me with your life. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. That is the big one. Why does it still hurt to actually do what God says? Because we're still in self. We're talking about the process of intimacy. Yield your mind. Yield your will and your emotion and your intellect to God. See, because you have not yielded your mind, you're still reasoning as to and come up with excuses as to why You don't have to be obedient to God. 
Hear me. Because we're not yielding our mind, you still have room in your mind to reason, and it makes perfect sense to you as to why you will not obey God. Okay. Thus, we have this up and down roller coaster ride in our life because of our mind. The life you live now is in him. The life that you live now is positioned in him. It's not positioned in the, the things, activity, your family, friends, husband. It's positioned in him. And until we fully do that, God cannot use you. You're still unfit. So, if you're asking me as a teacher and or some of your mentor to do a work with you on certain thing, you're going to have to agree to sacrifice your life 100%. Because if not, you're causing me to have to do work that's not going to work for you. It's not going to work in your favor because I'm working against God's word. See, we think things are harsh according to the word of God. What God said, he meant what he said. And he doesn't need for you to repackage what he said to fit you or your friends, or your family. Oh, let's see here. I cannot, I cannot generally help you if you're not going to give 100% of your life. God didn't give part of his life for you, he gave, he laid down his entire life for you. And he requires now that you live out his life inside of you to the world. And that means that there are going to be some things of the world, because he said, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. So the question is, how do I function with one foot in the world and the other foot in eternity. The body, mind, the body, soul, and spirit. See, what has you one foot in the world is your body. Now, you were created to respond to God, answer to God, love God, and cherish God because he placed himself in you. Eternity. So the question would be, why is it hard to please God? If he placed himself, he deposited 
his spirit inside of you to cause you to want to do what you don't want to do. Will is your will. Okay. That's what's going on. It's still your will. You haven't laid down your life. This is why it's, see, this is why it's hurting. It's just like this. What's your name? Pearl. Pearl is just like this. Even when my, like my father, my father died. He was dying. He's already dead. He was dying. And while I experienced him dying, you know, he was in a lot of pain because he, he had cancer. So he, he was in a lot of pain. And, you know, I didn't want him. And we never want our loved ones to leave, right? Don't want him to leave, but he was in so much pain. And I got to one point to where I was just saying, peace. Peace, Daddy. Peace. I just want you yeah, peace. Then, but a part of me had to be had to release him, it's okay for you to go if I really want you to have peace. See, what's going to happen? See, we're fighting because of this physical pain of dying spiritually. But if you would just say peace, because it's necessary that you die, It's necessary, bro, that you die to self. So I can really now fully live spiritually because this joy that you're going to have now is everlasting. And it's going to surpass my understanding. See, now what you're trying to live in, in that flesh, when you're going through things, there is no remedy except drugs or sex to make you feel like you're not having to deal with what you're dealing with. Alcohol, this is why some people drink. Drugs, this is why people use. Sex, because it takes me into another place. It's this pseudo of feeling good. But the high don't last forever. And when it's over, it seemed like things were worse than it was before I got the high. But when you actually go ahead and die to self, you're able to truly rejoice in situations that you couldn't rejoice in when you were in the flesh. And then you're able to rejoice again and have this love that, see, for people that you wouldn't normally be able to have love for. You're going to be able to do some supernatural things that you've been fighting the whole time. You're going to be able to love the unlovable. Okay. You're fighting against your greatness. Go ahead and die. You need to go ahead and die to self because you are fighting against your greatness. Asking for a breakthrough, that is your breakthrough. Waiting on God to show up, he has shown up. Now die to self. 
Okay. Okay. Oh, this life you live now is in him. Outside of this life. The life that you now live, star, is inside of him. Outside this life. Outside of your concern of dance star. Outside that you, you see yourself raising your kids by yourself. See, he said, it's outside of that life. See, y'all need to get outside of your situation. It's outside, Cindy, that the, that, that the husband will walk with me spiritually. He said, you now live in Christ. That's your life. Outside of your life. All what you're experiencing, Shanti. He said, if you would just die completely, stop getting back up. Stop trying to fix it. Stop trying to pray for something that I said how to deal with it, die to self 100%. I need you, he says, to get out of that life and in my life. See, Celeste, you will never experience another day of being oppressed, depressed. See, because God says you experience these things because you're outside of his life. And see, the, when it comes to the man, he, again, he said you're outside. See, why you can't please your wife? In all kind of ways. Because you can't please the spiritual, you're not pleased in no kind of ways. Oh, that was the bomb. That was the boom right there. I'm serious. If the man, woman of God, raise your hand. All right, so that's every woman in here. You desire... A man of God, raise your hand, you desire a man of God. Okay. With that being said, nothing is more attractive, fine, blowing my mind, than a man of God. It takes things up a whole nother notch, if you know what I mean. I'm just saying, y'all may want to get with God. You know why I don't really want to be with you? Because I want to be with God, wherever he is. See, now, a woman of God, I'm going to help you, man, out. A woman, a real woman of God. She will go to the very end of the earth for you. If you become a genuine man of God, you won't even have to ask for things. You're trying to figure out who done broken this house and this woman. You're ready to call 911. Who is this lady? I mean, got a whole spread out to stop at the store, got you something. Everything else is right. Leading and guiding you into the chambers. 
create new things and new ideas. I'll say, I'll say, it's real. It's real. Oh, that's the case. That's why. Yo, that's just a mess. Who don't want an exciting relationship with the man of God? You want fireworks all the time. Yes. All the shortcomings. You're blind to it. You don't even see them. What you talking about? <laughs> My man is the man. I don't care. He's five, he 500 pounds. He's working it. <laughs> he can pray. Look at him. Look at him with his sex himself. You better, you better pray. <laughs> see, when you see, you see a man of God praying. <laughs> it's like he is in a military full, I mean, dressed up, I mean, got all the badges. It just seemed like full authority just walked in the room. Come on here. All right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> Lord, okay. And <laughs> tell the truth. All right, um, you got to be holy, y'all. <laughs> For God is holy. <laughs> Man is to be holy because God is holy. Holiness is it means apart from man. Separate, separated from the world and dedicated to God. A distinction of ownership. I know who owned you. See, it's just like one thing you see a person drive whatever kind of car you may like, you know, BMW, Maybach, all those kinds. It's ownership. So you can... <laughs> to tell you that, yeah, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is my car. <laughs> Get this. In 1 Samuel uh, 1, verse 22, uh, 27, 28, it basically, it says, even when he was not able to do good or evil, talking about a child here, or even have the concept of good and evil, he was already holy because his mother dedicated him to God. See, the, the unborn child, when the unborn child dedicates, we're not talking about what did the kid get here. See, because the things in the kingdom is now. You don't wait. You speak beforehand. Dedicate the child to God. And because she did that, he was considered to be holy. He was already set apart from man. He was already, it was already distinguished as to and identified his ownership, who was his father. You must fulfill your sole primary purpose, which is you were created to worship. 
Worship is the right response to God. It's the right response to God. First of all, start with that. It's the right response to God by the Spirit through his Son, Jesus Christ. So worship begins with the revelation of God. You are created to know him. Worship involves priestly duties. You have to work it. You have to keep it. You have to minister and serve it. I just even go for marriages, Genesis 2.15. They were serving, working, ministering, keeping, tending, and obeying Adam and Eve. As in marriage, God placed, he put Adam in the garden of Eve. To be with God. Worship involves focusing on God. Genesis 3.8. It talks about how God walked in the cooler day. It meant that his presence was there. And this is what normally happens after the purification of yourself and sacrificing of yourself. They would ask God for wisdom. So in worship, we're, see, we can't be always doing the screaming. It should be at some point that we're talking with them. God, give me wisdom of what you're saying to me. And after they asked for wisdom, they would praise him, thanking him for what he did and who he was and, and what he is going to do. They would sing and shout and dance, celebrating their relationship with the holy and glorious God. All eyes were trained towards the Father. They weren't looking around, not being distracted by anything. Their eyes were trained towards their Heavenly Father. We have a need to focus on God. And to do that, you have to minimize your distraction. A lot of times, you know, your distraction, whether the things at home and and what you got going on. And then when you get here, sometimes it's your children. Sometimes some people are on their cell phone, on Instagram. See, distraction. Distraction. See, when it comes to worship, the children are to even say, Mom, if mom is doing something, or dad, to where they're distracted. We're to worship. Children remind your parents. Parents remind your children. And one another remind each other we're here to worship. Okay. And Pastor right. a lot of people are not here that should be here. That needs to hear that. Third, to listen to God is worship. Obedience. That's Genesis 2, 16 through 17. Hey, I was like, okay, when am I going to read again? <laughs> we ought to act like God. And to do that, we have to be God word. God word. We have to be towards God. <laughs> All of our life have to be towards God. Your entire life. Do everything in a way to honor God and reflect God. Everything that you do should be to honor God. Bring him honor, not shame. 
uh, living lifestyle of worship. Because when you do that, it allows you to stay in power. It allows you to stay in love and also a sound mind. Uh, let's get to, I'm getting close on my end. An essential element in a believer's life is to set up a constant dialogue with Holy Spirit. A constant dialogue. You are to be better. And to consistently be better, you have to be consistently in a dialogue with God. And that is through worship. This is why he said, worship with all your resources. You, your children, your thoughts, your secrets. You need to be better. Your body, your life, your mind. We were designed to function perfect. Can you imagine that? But the enemy making you think that you are so flawed. This is why the word of God says, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. See, when you fear, this is what happens. It causes you to think incorrectly. It causes you to malfunction. When you fear what the people are going to say, it causes you to malfunction. You've been designed to be perfect. See, this is why so many mental illness is anywhere when it comes to the church. 78% is a lot of mental illness because we are thinking wrong. We're walking in fear. And he says, I haven't given you that spirit. I've given you a spirit of power, meaning you dominate. You don't even have to talk yourself up and motivate yourself that you have power. Worship me, revere me, reverence me, and it activates. That power, that love that brings balance in your life. He said, in a sound mind, which means perfect. Girl, he said, I've given you a perfect mind. I don't care what the doctor said. I've given you a perfect mind. See, and what happens to us is that when we are born, see, he said, the sins of the father goes down to the third and fourth generation. And sin itself is a flaw. Even though the sins of the father goes down to the third and fourth generation, God is so wise and wonderful that when he designed us, even though 
the order of things, because he is a God of order. That when you sin, it goes through those generations. But because he desired for you to still have a way out, it's built in your DNA that when the cells go down to the next generation, they go down dormant. And they don't emerge until you activate themselves. See, whether it's cancer or whether, you know, bipolar, whatever it is, it goes down to the next generation because that's the word of God. But it's built in your DNA that they come in dormant. And they don't submerge until you fear. This is why he said, I haven't given you the spirit of fear. The doctor tell you, oh, because your mother, she died from a heart attack. And they ask you all the history. They're asking you about your generation. The enemy's trying to declare something over you. And you say, what do I say to these things? I say, I'm perfect. I'm wonderfully and I'm fearfully made. I've been made whole, not broken. I don't care if poverty been in your family. This is why, why do you think he says, say that you're rich? But he speaks about you being, your mind prospering. which is your soul, which is your intellect, which is your reasoning. He said, I want that to prosper above all else because this is how you think. And I've given you my thoughts, which are perfect. You have access to my thoughts. You have access to Christ's thoughts. I don't care what family you came from, but you've been Born again. You're from a royal lineage. Perfect. Without blemish. You choose. He said, when you choose, this is why we got to be careful. What we choose. Because it goes from. So in your subconscious, all these things are already stored up. The women who are expecting. All the genealogy of your family is already being stored up in the cells in the DNA of your baby. But you can help your child choose what to bring alive and what to remain dormant. You can choose. He said, I lay before you life and death. Choose life. Speak now to those unborn babies. Speak now because what you experience with your parents, your father, and that generation, and that generation, it doesn't have to be. Even though the sin passed down, 
is passed down dormant. And it's through the mind, that subconscious, and they can create new thoughts, godly thoughts. Now, Eliana, this is the mind of Christ. Hey, this is the mind of Christ. You're holy. You're sanctified. You're set apart for God's purpose. See, we have to speak these things now and even over your life. It's not too late how you're thinking. As a man thinks, so is he. It's your soul. And catch this. You are intelligent as you want to be. An intelligent, I was saying, Lord God, you know, we keep using this word intellectual. What is, does this really mean? It's not about being smart. It's one who gathers information, analyze it, understand it, comprehend it, discern it, then he apply it. That's an intellectual. Intellectuals. See, this why, who we call intellectual, you can't figure out why can't common sense. I mean, did they not understand? You know, but they want to talk. See, this is how we talk about a bunch of facts. A bunch of facts. A bunch of knowledge. You're quoting a bunch of knowledge, a bunch of facts. But your life looks sad. But we have to, I'm giving you the correct understanding. Matter of fact, let me just go there. Let me go there real quick about the intellectual. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll let y'all, hold that, just hold that thought. We'll get there. Cause I, get, I have to uh, end this thing here. Uh, let's go to uh, Deuteronomy 30, 19. And it so reads, Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. See, you, you have to choose him. He says, so, see, because they're not living Life until they're living Christ's life. This is why you have people, no matter how much they have, they still want to kill themselves. They're depressed because they're not living. They're existing. They're being dictated as to how to live by the world. What's good, what the world say is, is, is great. What's going on? What's the value? And then we all do, we all look alike, all just alike, sing alike. And when they move on to something else, then you move on right with them. But he told us to come out of the world. He said, you're a friend of it. You're an enemy of mine. God has designed us to be addicted to him. And this happened when, I'm giving you scripture, because I don't think you believe me. Deuteronomy 6, 5, complete Jewish Bible. 
It so reads. And you are to love Adonai your God with all your heart, all your being, and all your resources. Question for you. When you love someone with all your heart, all your resources, and everything that's within you, you become addicted. Because you know why? You gave all of yourself to them. And now they have control over you. You can't stop talking about them. You don't want to get off the telephone with them. You see them when they're not there. You smell them. All of that. Because you are addicted now to him or her. He built this in this. This is why he said, love me with all your heart, all of your soul, he's talking about. All of your mind, all of your intellect. Give me all of your thinking. Give me all of your reasoning. Give it all to me. And I'll cause you to be addicted to me. See, but he, see, because we haven't given him our all, we're not addicted to him. So that means that you're addicted to something or someone else. You could just be addicted to being home. I just don't really feel like going to church. Addicted to food, addicted to whatever. You are addicted. It could be talking. Just want to be heard. Addicted to the limelight, just addicted. You are addicted to something if you're not, because you were designed. Your brain, your body was set up to have an addiction. So what happens is that when that addiction happened and it's in the frontal lobe, it starts to send out these fires and signals. It's taking over my whole mind. This is what addiction is. So it's no, not, no other life outside of it. I have to have it now because it has complete control of your entire brain. Joshua 24, 5 says this, but if it doesn't please you to worship, Jehovah, choose for yourself today the one you will worship. The gods your fathers worship. He said, but as for me and my family, we will worship Yahweh. Wow. We have to choose. Wow, okay. All right, y'all. <laughs> I'm on my closure. Luke 16, 22, 31. And this passage, and we, we need to know this, that how much your mind, which is your soul, plays in a central part, and you're receiving the things of God or rejecting the things of God. Because I want you to keep in mind, when it comes to the body, we're talking about the brain and the body, all right? When we're talking about your conscious, we're talking about your soul. You're aware. You are aware and talking. You're conscious. You're, you're, you're reasoning, your intellect, your emotions, your feelings. Then it's the spirit, which is the greatest, highest part of man. And this is what overrides those dormant Sales that's passed down from the third and fourth generation is the highest man, the inner man, your spirit man. 
is able to do that. So when you're in a conversation with someone, matter of fact, I'll use this example. Um, Fee and, and T were a witness to this. When you talk about the fruit of the spirit, it's that had someone to come and apply for the job uh, that I was, you know, recruiting for, and the person just didn't look the part that she was even coming to interview nowhere. Um, and the things she, the um, hiring paperwork, she was, everything was just so backwards. It seemed like something illegal was going on. You're bringing a check, that's in some man name. You, you don't have original uh, birth certificate. Everything was just like suspicious, like, are oh, you a fugitive? Okay, so, <laughs> I know when you can just put in these situations, you know, sometimes you get put in a situation to where you was like, you know, I mean, you have to put your head down, you gotta get yourself right. And I pride myself on professionalism, so just trying to bring you in my world for a second. And I look at her, and I say, uh, first of all, I think I looked at about maybe 10 to 15 seconds. Because you need to allow Holy Spirit to take over. Because my feelings, what happened is that what comes through our subconscious was already there. It comes up in your conscious. And then when it reaches your conscious, if you don't hurry up and get, you don't hurry up and take those thoughts into captivity, it's going to act out in a behavior. So what I did, I gave Holy Spirit an opportunity to work with me. I need work right now. I need you to work with me, be with me. You said you're going to be with me. I need you now. And so I said, you make, you're making this real hard for me. I said, you know what position you put me in? I know, I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, it'll be worth your while, but I'm looking at her. And there's some things that it was rightfully so if I said it, but it just wouldn't been godly. So I had to not only not say them, but not conceive them. And you have about 14 minutes before those thoughts that are toxic to now become a part of your subconscious, which means that this is the place they're stored all the time. This is where they come back up. And this is you. And it's hard to now, this is why Paul said, that when I, when I would want to do good, he was always present. And that what I should do, I don't do. It's because of the subconscious, what is already stored. So like I said, when the baby is born, there is a lot of thoughts already there, generational. And so now I have to prevent these from now coming into my conscious. And when they come reaching your conscious, then they reach the body. They reach the body. It's your feelings now. And so this is what you live off, your feelings and not your soul. See, God speak about saving your soul. So when you die, your body, your brain will go to dust, but your soul and your spirit lives on. Your soul, your intellect, your reasoning, your will, your ability to still think is still there. 
in your spirit. Now go to Luke. It so reads, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, Between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses. And the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You have someone here who is dead. They can still think and reason and feel. We have to realize that you will still be able to feel without a body. Because it's not about the body. And I'll end with this here. A little bit of quantum physics. Quantum physics is when matter breaks down into subatomic particles. And subatomic particles break down into waves. And this resonates in time. It means it responds to a repetitive pattern, a sound. We're talking about energy. We're talking about energy. We're talking about us harmonizing with God. We have to build a momentum to push more into the presence of God. For a big return. So when you have a little rock and you throw it across the water, you see that circle, and that circle builds upon another circle. See, it's sounding, it has a resonant. It is doing a repetitive response to the rock. It's in harmony. Okay. And our worship should be like that. Worship, again, is the highest form of our intimacy with God. And it's the mystery of this hunger. We shouldn't forget he's returning for a bride who loves his appearing. He's returning for a bride who loves his appearing. It's happening in worship. He should be manifesting. You should be experiencing God in your worship. And only those who love to worship and endure in worship which means it's going to take time. The one that you love, you spend time with. Amen?
pray that the word of God has definitely reached the heart of believers. And, and what you pull from today is that my worship established my mindset. 